you have a cold right now? Are you sick right now? I have a little something. Actually. Do you really? Do you really? Yeah. Then I have to go. Oh, I do. Others on the plane. Okay. okay. She has to go. Okay, you can do that in the meantime. Why do you run like that? I did. Howie Mandel does that. What's wrong? We're not ready. What do you mean you're not ready? I'm Howie Mandel. I'm Jacqueline Schultz, your daughter. And we have a guest, Adam Carolla. That's what I mean. We're not ready. He's not even in here. He's not I didn't here. Have my... Where is he? Where's Adam? Adam Carolla. I don't think people appreciate that you do this. Why? That they walk into a rolling podcast, like something that's already going. Why do you think people don't appreciate it? And you know what? You can comment. You're watching this and listening to no, this. No, I think viewers appreciate it. I don't think the guests appreciate that you do that. Oops. <laughs> the bellman will be here in just a couple of minutes to go. Kenny put that there. Uh, Kenny thought that we should have a bell to cue him when we want something done. Kenny, for if this is the first podcast you're watching, Kenny is our new producer who produces all of the, yeah, all of our commercials. And uh, he, Kenny's in charge of what's behind me. And uh, Adam Carolla is here. Um, there okay. he is. I see him. I hear him. I hear him. Yeah, look. Are you coming? He, see, he doesn't appreciate that you started. Does it bother you that we already started the podcast, yet you're not uh, here yet? Not at all. Do you My do wife that to thinks- your guest? I'm not your wife. I'm not your wife. <laughs> Pardon me? No, See, there's no hard start. My daughter is saying to me that the fact that I start before the guest gets here is uh, uh, bad for, like, the guest doesn't enjoy that or feels. It's unorthodox. It's unorthodox. Uh, you can't hear him because he's not even, he's, on, he's not on mic, he's not in, in the room, and he's texting. Uh, who are you texting, Adam? Uh, attorney Mark Garagos. Attorney Mark Garagos? The, the Mark Garagos that we know from. Well, uh, Mark Garagos is, are you in a famous, I know that, wow. Are you in a lawsuit? He kind of is. No, no, he's just a friend. Oh, I thought, boy, your your, uh, personal life is really getting complicated. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's on on with Mark Garagos. See that? He knew that he was supposed to be here, yet he's doing his personal work at the same time. I know, because people don't appreciate, they want to be like ready he wasn't ready yet, so he's standing outside because he wasn't ready yet, and we're left in here waiting for him to come in because you shouldn't have started until everyone said they were ready. I don't think anybody's complaining. I don't think I, maybe I, he's not complaining. Have but people I think turned most off guests, the podcast? Not the listeners. Like, haven't other what guests about the complained? Watchers? Nobody has ever complained. Yeah, you're the yeah. you're the biggest complainer there is. Here he comes. <laughs> I, do, I complain a lot. Ladies and gentlemen, Adam Carolla. Hmm. When do we start? We already started. What? You're going that side, that side, that side. Right That's this side. Yeah. We already started, Adam. Oh, no. And you are terrific. Oh, thank you. It's, it's so smooth. Silky. Silky smooth. Yes. He is. Adam uh, Carolla is a... Uh, let me tell you about your crack staff here, Howie. Okay. Are they on crack? <laughs> I got here two minutes to noon and i just stood out front there wasn't anybody around i was kind of walking around making sure i was at the right building you've been kenny, here before kenny is been uh, here one time <laughs> in my life and what why did you ring the bell i did but i wanted i sort of went back when i wanted to check 
the address and stuff because I assume someone would be floating around. Kenny said he would be out there to greet guests. He was not. And uh, then I, because my biggest fear is to push the buzzer mm -hmm. and have somebody answer uh, for the flooring and tile store the next building over and ask me what I'm doing. That's that's, your that's my fear. biggest fear. My well, I wish I was you. I wish I was you. Sincere fear. I wish I <laughs> yeah. was you. I wish my biggest fear in life is that I would meet a tile and flooring guy and try to explain to him I'm at the wrong building. Well, yes. If you, if you don't have a fear of germs, got to find a fear of something. Yes. And he that doesn't have a fear, fear of germs. You have that, no fear of germs. But I have fear of flooring guys. Did you shower before uh, tonight? Do you know you're talking to a flooring guy? Oh, he knows that. Yeah. I don't, uh, I, I rarely shower. It's disgusting. But. It's disgusting. You, when you say you rarely <laughs> shower, what, what, like, when is the last time you showered? From. I, I showered. A couple of days ago, oh my god, for a reason, but I can't. For remember, a, you I can't remember, remember the, reason? the reason was hygiene. A hygiene? couple of days ago is not that long ago. No, but I'm saying he a couple of days ago he did it for a reason. Yes. The fact that you were coming here to do this is not a reason to shower. No, no, but if no, so what I do do every single day that people don't count is is hygiene. But I do count do do? as hygiene. I go in my swimming pool every single day before I leave the house. Swimming is you do a chlorine. cold. I do my cold water plunge, and then I <laughs> swim underwater the length of the pool. And I don't know how much you cleaner you can get than just being completely submerged in water for a period of time. If you look in a creek. Mm -hmm. That it, there's a lot of shit floating that is completely submerged that I would not touch. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't, I, I don't Worst look in camping trip ever. But yes, <laughs> which shit creek is this? <laughs> no, but I'm just saying that just because something's submerged in water, you're not uh, exfoliating uh, whatever. No, no that, that stuff's all bad. It's bad. You, you don't need this soap. I, it, listen, if you don't want to get personal, then I'm, I'm happy to edit here's this a out. Hypothetical. But, but you're here's dating. A hypothetical. Aren't you dating now? Yes, but here's a hypothetical for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, homeless. Homeless dudes. These guys are junkies. They're out in the cold. They're sleeping right. in a uh, refrigerator box. Okay. Hygiene, probably not at the top of the list. They no. probably don't shampoo and then condition. Always a full head of hair. Always a full head of hair. Well, you think I've washed this no, off? It's not directed at you. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm myself. saying. I scrub myself hairless. All the dudes in the three-piece suits in the office building who shower twice a day and exfoliate and, and use the Pert Plus, the hair's all coming out. Think about it. You ever, well, see, a what homeless, about, you ever see a homeless guy who's. You ever smell male, a homeless male person? pattern baldness. It's happened. So do yeah. you think cleanliness has something to do with loss of hair? I think that nature it, uh -huh. and your body, God, mother nature, whoever it is, it knew what it was doing. So let me ask you something. You said Hold on, you let me finish. Okay. You are not meant to scrub off everything that nature puts onto your scalp or your skin on a daily basis and when I was a kid, there were no peanut allergies anywhere. Soon as everyone started getting on Purell, 
and scrubbing the shit out of everything. Every third kid has an allergy now. Everyone's got some psoriasis. Everyone has some sort of condition. Everyone's allergic to things. They're lactose intolerant. Your body needs to be left alone a lot more than we leave it alone. And there's many studies now that prove that. You said that you were, uh, we started the podcast a couple of seconds after, before you were here and you mm-hmm. said you went in, you used the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Did you wash your hands? No, not a Fuck. hand washer. No. Why? I touched my own dick. That's why. And then you touch the doorknob to get oh, out. You guys. Listen. I actually agree with you, though. On You're not supposed to, like, exfoliate and rub your skin because it's bad for it. And women now say that you're not supposed to wash your hair every day, too, because it helps your hair. So I'm not, like, anti that. But washing hands, I don't firmly believe in washing hands. I don't. If you t- have taken a, If you had taken a shit... Mm. and wiped your ass, mm. would you have washed your hands? Uh, probably the one. You know what I mean? I, I don't, I How don't, do you wash one <laughs> hand, wash one one hand without washing the other? Oh, now, is you it sound, just this? now you sound like Confucius. What is the sound <laughs> of one hand wiping? Um, no, I would, yeah, I would wash my hands. Yeah, oh, no, if, I'm, if, I'm a, if I'm at home alone, probably not. Not a hand washer. Never washed hands. Not. I don't use soap. I don't use shampoo. You don't have soap. I probably own some soap, but I don't. I'm not a daily soap person. Are you? I I go in a swimming pool. You have a girlfriend. I go underwater in the swimming pool. Not after you shit. And then I'm completely clean after you shit. After you wipe your ass, you'll go dive in the pool. I will. I'll try to time it so it's not pool then shit. I like to go shit then pool. So like. Will you not even wipe if you poop and you just go straight in the shower and let the crumbs like fall on the floor? Oh, come on. This is the most disgusting. I just, <laughs> I just pooped just now. Yeah. No, you didn't. Yeah. In here. Not going anywhere. <laughs> but can I ask uh, you yeah, something? I, I will do that move, but I don't, I don't take showers per se. I mean, I, I take showers on, on occasion oh, yeah. we covered is, what, that. is what I'm saying. Yeah. For a reason that he can't remember. I, I don't think you're any cleaner getting out of the shower than I am getting out of my pool because the shower you stand over a oftentimes um, water saving low volume uh, shower head. I'm completely underwater in the deep end for the for the length of the pool. I don't even want to go in your pool. Your pool yeah. is probably the most disgusting. It's you disgusting. take a shit. Don't wipe yourself and then dive in. The pool water's very clean. I think it's a salt water system. Oh, it's I not even chlorinated. Chlorine. Not <laughs> even chlorine. I don't as think you, so. I get out of the pool. I dry off with a towel. I get dressed. And you I wash the here. towel. Do you take the, do, Does the towel go in the laundry? Rarely. You're rarely. As clean, you're it's as clean air as a dry. dolphin. Yeah, as yeah. clean as a dolphin. I air dry the towel. Well, how can the towel be dirty? I just got out of the pool. Air dry. What do I got on me? Yeah, I hang it out. I air dry it. If my if if anyone's around, I'll wear some shorts in the pool, and then I air dry the shorts, and then the shorts are clean. Everything's clean. We you don't you don't need all the soap, all the rubbing and the scrubbing. You're single now, basically, right? (laughs) (laughs) Is this why? Is this why you're single now? I listen. Did you argue about this when you were married with the children? Do your children bathe? Um, I don't know. I think my daughter does quite a bit. My son mostly takes after me in that department. It's not good for you to bathe as much as we bathe. It's not good to wipe everything down with 
you know, antibacterial everything, and it's. Like I'm just good talking about wiping your ass and washing your hands. Oh yeah, that's that's fine. But the more stuff you can expose yourself to, the better your immune system is. Did you get COVID? I don't know. We talked about this last I know, time. So we yeah, I away. may have, I may not have. Like, I, I honestly don't know. Didn't did, do anything to me. I did nothing to prevent myself from getting COVID. So I let never me ask washed you this. my hands. I never didn't go in a crowded place. I never wore a mask. I, I did no preventative <laughs> message. I'm surprised methods, that none. you know this about him and you've invited him back. <laughs> because I love back. him. I know. <laughs> I love him. Well, and I've we been, work together, I, but I didn't know how. The, uh, the One of the first times we socialized was in Hawaii on that boat. And yes, your friend. Moran. And your friends said, uh, we were sharing with me, like, because you asked where the bathroom was, right. and they go, are you really going to let Adam, because he's probably, he could piss in the sink. It's possible. He doesn't wash his hands. Why wouldn't you just piss in the ocean? Oh, I would. Yeah, I, I would. I, I wouldn't make a special it seems trip. like he doesn't go anywhere to do whatever it is. <laughs> he took a shower a couple of days ago, but he doesn't remember the reason. Yeah. yeah. I've never heard anybody say that. But but it, it, being in the dating pool now, does mm. it, is this a discussion that you've had with your significant other? I think there is such a thing as a sex shower that I would definitely participate in. What is a sex shower? <laughs> it's the shower you take before sex. Oh, not after. Not uh, after. I think before, because you're thinking more of your partner. But Because he's, he's considerate. I'm considerate. <laughs> like you said, he's a nice person. The other the, thing, you don't put her in the shower to kind of wipe her she's down? She's probably cleaner. Is she? <laughs> everyone is cleaner, evidently. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, you know, everyone makes fun of me. Everyone makes fun of me. I get it. Okay. Ask me how many days of work I've missed or how many days I've been sick in the last 20 years. The answer is zero. I'm never sick. Ask me if I have psoriasis. Ask me if I'm allergic to anything. Ask me if I have any issues that involve any of the stuff that everyone says is going to happen to me if I don't constantly scrub myself. And the answer is fucking nothing. I don't have anything. Did I'm the only space? person I know who has nothing. I don't have acid reflux. I don't take, I've never taken a Tums or my Lantum on no prescription, anything. I don't have anything. And this is all because you're a filthy pig. Yes, because I grew up and I exposed myself to many, many elements. Look, okay, you don't believe me. Here's the deal. Amish kids don't have hay fever. Amish kids aren't allergic to peanuts. Amish kids that play outside, roll around, have indoor, outdoor animals, don't have what kids that live in Manhattan have with like indoor animals. The, even having a dog that goes in and out of the house and then comes in and sleeps on the kid's bed, those kids have much less allergies and food-related stuff. You build up your immune system. That's how life works. Or you keep them in their apartment in Manhattan and you cover them with Purell and they're allergic to any, everything. That's what's going on. It's not good for you to wipe everything down. You must expose yourself. Okay. Your immune system's a system so that I needs to be challenged. Just like you need, you need to work out with weights. You don't work out with a feather duster. You have to have some resistance. Like it has to have something to push against, something to fight off. So I, I feel like I'm, I'm, exercising my immune system just by spending time yes. in the same room as you. <laughs> I watched, there was a study in 60 Minutes, they did a story years ago, 10 years plus. It was like Anderson Cooper, and he's talking to some doctor who invented a elixir, so to speak, or a food, it's called Plumpy Nut. 
plumpy nut. Yeah, it's a little mylar package. It's peanuts, powdered sugar, and like water or something in this this thing, or powdered milk, peanuts, and, and sugar. Just ground up and put in one of these little mylar sacks you'd kind of suck off of, right? And and it cured famine in, in many of these impoverished African villages. And they're interviewing the guy, and Anderson Cooper says, but what about peanut allergies? What about the kids with the peanut allergies? And he just went, come on. They got problems here. They're, no one's allergic to shit. They roll around in the dirt all day. This shit saves their lives. No one's allergic to it. So how come no one's allergic to peanuts in impoverished villages where the kids are, have malnutrition, but everyone in Manhattan at the private school has a peanut allergy? What's going on? These kids are exposed to things. The others aren't exposed to things and their immune system's not going haywire. Problem solved? Yes. Plumpy nut. Plump, no, but I mean, just not washing, just being a filthy. Yes. Not washing. Do you want, do you like it? Uh, if your girlfriend smells, does mm -hmm. that bother you? Yeah. I'm not into people smelling. I'm How also you, not a BO dude. Like some people have BO. Oh, you don't have BO. You have no, a I've full head of hair. That. You've never had BO. Not a how do, What do you eat? How do you eat? I you know, just sort of uh, what everyone else eats. I don't, I don't really have any. Are you a health nut as far as plant-based? You're not a... No, I'm not. Vegan. I'm not in, I, I try to do a little intermittent fasting, but that's that's about it. You've never been like overweight. My dad doesn't believe in intermittent fasting. What do you mean I don't believe you in You don't it? believe in it because every time I say that I haven't eaten for like a few hours or whatever, you start arguing with me that I'm not healthy. But that's not intermittent fasting. I'll say to her no, at I five o'clock, have, have you eaten intermittent, anything? I'm intermittent fasting, and you said that that's not healthy. Okay, so fasting and being filthy is the answer to <laughs> yes, all our world's yes, problems. Yes. yes, we eat too much and we wash too much. <laughs> but you want to smell nice for the people, no? <laughs> I don't. I I smell nice by not smelling. Is this a discussion you've had in your personal life, like with somebody you're dating? I've been saying this on the radio and to anyone who listen for many, many years and I'm always called uh, disgusting. Have you, have you talked to a doctor about it? A medical person? Um, eh, maybe I've talked to Dr. Drew about it or something. Um, it's anecdotal, but I'm the only person I know who has no stomach problems, no issues, no reflux, no medication, no anything. I'm Pepto-Bismol or, uh, you know, Mylanta or Tums. I've, I've never even touched it. I've never wow. bought it. Never, don't know what it's for. That's amazing. Never had an issue. There's nothing. And you didn't I feel like, a, now that you Let me, let me tell you this. Okay. I did that show, Hot Ones. Mm -hmm. I ate the 400 million, you know, ghost pepper thing at the at the end you know whatever on the scoville scale i ate every single one of them downed it left and someone said to me ah good luck tonight on the toilet or, or whatever it was and i four minutes after i finished that show if you asked me what i had done i'd say i have no idea like i, I feel no different i felt no different that night i felt no different the next day i took a dump the next morning no different and then a swim. nothing and then a swim nothing <laughs> I'm really one of the only persons I know who can eat anything. I'm not disagreeable. Is it, There's do you, no food that disagrees And you with think me. that a, a big part of that is attributed to your lifestyle. Did your parents, uh, do you have siblings? 
Yeah, I have a sister. Is she like you? Is she? <laughs> <laughs> she grew up in the sort of uh, filth like I grew up but in. But was that something that your parents kind of, they didn't make you take a, a bubble bath and uh, bath every night with their kids? No, I didn't. Uh, we didn't have a shower in my house. It was so old. Well, you had a bath. At a tub. So yeah. the kids, the, as babies, as little kids, you didn't have to take a bath? Your mom didn't give you a bath? Probably got one as a, you know, infant, but later on now I was never, I'd go ride my bike all day, be covered with sweat and just go to bed all the time. And your sister too. I didn't really keep track of her hygiene. It was kind of every man for themselves. What you does know? your mother smell like? <laughs> now a rotting corpse. Kenny, Kenny, this is the lighting for a commercial. I know if you're just listening to this on audio, this is, uh, Kenny is redesigning our, Kenny, feels dark. Anyway, uh, Kenny, work on it. Maybe you can just brighten it. Anyway, um, this is amazing. You know how you do, you do, you'll see like an ad for something and it says, try for 30 days free, you know? And people will click on that and they'll try something for 30 days free. And then after 30 days, you forget. You forget, you don't cancel it. Before you know it, you are paying monthly for a subscription that you're not even using. That's what this is good for. And when I say this, I'm talking about Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. It's a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It takes care of you financially. So uh, stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash Howie. That's rocketmoney.com slash Howie. Rocketmoney.com slash Howie. I feel that it was dark in here. I feel like it's dark. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'd like to, in the comments, if you think this is dark, let us know. Kenny, back to the show. What you does know? your mother smell like? <laughs> now, a rotting corpse. Uh, back then, oh. she, 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 she dead? Yes. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. That's all Dad. right. Did she live, how old was she when she passed? Uh, she drowned in a bathtub. She died at 41. No, she didn't. No, she died, I don't know, 88, 89, something. She was is old. Your, is your father alive? Yeah. Is he, is he a full head of hair? Pretty much. Does he shower? Not sure. That's really don't this know. This is not the, the line regimen. of questioning. I'm sure that you usually get. No, <laughs> he usually talks about it all the time, but he, it's you don't find it fascinating. Not as fascinating as you. Well, it's just a different. Well, our culture is such that we, you know, uh, pop culture is such that we we sell each other scents and cleaning and creams. No, and, but I think people are starting to catch on that it's like just for profit and not necessarily because we need all that stuff. So you're on Adam's side? Not to that extent, but it's, a little bit. It's a little, a lot of it is sort of Madison Avenue and a lot of it is moving product. And a lot of the commercials show like the mom slathering the moisturizer on the infant, you know, and they're rubbing and they're going, it's sort of, if you're a good mom. And by the way, it's, it's super effective because if you tell people, I don't use shampoo. They go, oh my God, disgusting. So it kind of works because people don't want to be called disgusting, you know, but they're moving billions of dollars of this product and we probably don't need a, a 
a quarter of what, oh, we don't need any of it, honestly. Well, what, first of all, what the fuck did people do for all the years before they had shampoo and conditioner and exfoliating things and stuff like that? They went to a river and they dunked themselves like, like you. They came out. Yeah, that's how, <laughs> that's how life works. Right, but we don't live like that now. So when you... So a lot of it, listen, for me, it's my own personal neurosis. I'm probably wrong and I'm probably in Everyone my own mind. Everyone has that though. Many people have that neurosis when it comes to hygiene. Well, about feeling clean and feeling like you don't smell. But I, I, the, the comfort zone that I do have is I've been married for 43 years to the same person. So I don't feel, I feel like if I was in your position, I'd be even more crazy when you started dating come on you had to be more cognizant of this is the way of the world even though i don't believe in it no yeah no I, nobody wants to offend anybody with their odor especially new dating situations i go to the deep end of a very large swimming pool and swim underwater and then you had to, to the other end. thing and then i get out and then I wash, I dry myself off with a towel and now I'm officially clean because I've been submerged in a large body of water. You said to her. Yes, I say to her, anyone who'll listen. <laughs> you have a girlfriend now though. Yes. How long before you, how many dates before you took a shower? Because <laughs> it would be the pre-sex shower, right? Yeah. Well, you have to take the pre-sex shower. That, See, that I'm on board with. I would think it would be the après sex. Why did you look at me when you're like pre-sex shower? Yeah, that's a little creepy. <laughs> I didn't want to look at Adam. I don't know. I'm just uncomfortable with the whole conversation. I'm trying to, I'm uncomfortable with the whole situation. It's on so many different levels. I just, well, look, I've never thought, you know how you're, many you're times, making sense? You know how many times someone has said to me, like I was in my swimming pool this morning. Oh, thank God. It was raining outside and it's 47 degrees where I live. I just stood there naked in the rain, got in the pool, got out. Every woman I've ever met would go, oh my God, you're going to get sick. You don't get sick. It's called a cold, but you don't get sick because it's cold outside. I'm doing the opposite of getting sick. I'm exposing my immune system to something that will activate it. And that's why I don't get sick. You're, so you're, you're that's not actually considered a cold plunge. Isn't the cold plunge where you sit and you work on your breathing technique in like ice cold water? Water. You well, I'm I'm here to tell you if you have a swimming pool in La Cañada in the foothills and you don't heat it, that is a cold. cold plunge. That is a cold plunge. I have a cold tank too, but I don't use it during the winter because the pool is freezing. So I, during the Free, summer, what, what is the temperature of the water in your pool? It's in the probably low 40s or something something like that mid probably mid low 40s and you just jump in you just plunge in underwater and i swim to the deep end and then i go underwater back and how long how many and that's it just that's once, it once and back once and back and so you've taken care of your immune system because the cold plunge i've i've heard and we've talked about that on your show people uh, espouse that that is something that we should do yeah. We, we stayed in a place that had one. I did it. It's kind of painful. It is. But yeah. you do it every day? Yeah. Every single day. Your every body gets day. used to it, though. Like, I think it's painful for people when they're just first starting, and then you get used to it, right? Like it's not Yeah, I mean, it's always unpleasant, I, I would say. It's always unpleasant. 
It just it doesn't feel good. I was, it was raining and 47 degrees and I was just standing naked at, in sad. front of my pool today. Yeah. It was, Neighbors can't not see comfortable. Him, right? You don't, you don't I have haven't that. heard anything, but there's steam coming out of your mouth while you're <laughs> Wait, waiting what's the in the pool. You guys already talked about on his show. I don't no, know no. the science behind the cold plunge. I just know that pe- that's like a new fad thing that people are doing and it's supposed to be good to shock the system and for your health and everything. What is it about it? I don't know the like biology of it. Oh, I, you just I, heard it's good and you do. Or I've been doing it for probably like eight years or something, maybe more. Wow. I, I've done it for a long time. So you're ahead of the curve. Yeah, I'm definitely not the Johnny come lately with the cold plunge. I've, I've been doing it for many years. Wow. Um, and um, who would think we'd be having a health talk with Adam Carolla? <laughs> I, well, I'm not, I'm not exceedingly healthy. I just realized. Wait, from, what you, from what you're saying, you are. The well, fact that you've never had to take a Tums, the fact that you don't have acid reflux, the fact that you don't get. Uh, ill the fact that you don't have any allergies the fact that you have a full head of hair and you uh you didn't seem to uh we talked about this last time but you didn't really shelter in place you know so you've you've you there is something to be said you are a a specimen you know an experimental specimen that has gone through the rigors and there is something. no all that is true i'm just saying if you said to me after the show do you want an in and out burger i'd say yeah fine sounds sounds good you know like i'm not that kind of person i just have a strongish constitution so like if i do feel a little bit sick i can kind of shake it off and go to work or go about about my business or commitments or whatever and I grew up in, in an environment that sort of challenged my system and then progressed into like, I'll give you an example. Um, I worked construction for a lot of years, did a lot of building and, and every guy on the job site, at some point, if somebody said, I'm making a lunch run, I'm going to Taco Bell or I'm going to McDonald's or, or I'm going anywhere. Nobody ever stopped and said, well, hold on. I got some dietary issues. They all just said, thanks. And the person just left and bought whatever and just threw it at them. And I got them. They all just ate it. Nobody ever worked with had any kind of dietetic restrictions. They weren't allergic to anything. They didn't have, you know, they didn't have wheat allergies or any. There was nothing. I've never ever heard of anyone. It never even came up. It never happened. And then I started working in Hollywood and everyone had an issue with everything. And then started thinking, well, what's the big difference between this group and that group? And one group is indoors all day with air conditioning and the other group is outside in the dirt and they're poor. They don't, it's, but it's now kind of a luxury. So you, know you I mean? are, uh, but you're in Hollywood now. Yeah, and I eat food, you know, if, if something's got mold on it or something, I'll just pick it off and eat the rest of the cheese or whatever, fruit, anything. I eat old stuff. I eat stuff. I go out of town. (laughs) I go out of town and do a show and order a meal in Chicago. Uh And I bring that shit home and eat it back in LA three days later. Uh 100%. Why? I don't like wasting food. Like I don't like wasting protein or energy i just i feel like it's a waste so you always if there's anything left you do the to go oh one thousand percent and you don't put it in a fridge i try 
But <laughs> if, it, if it doesn't make it, it doesn't make it. It's never been too hard for me to put something, like to walk to my kitchen and put something away in no, my fridge. No, what I'm saying is, is if I'm doing a show in Chicago, I don't know my hotel room oh, has oh, a oh, fridge oh. in it. Sometimes it. it does, but I'll... I'll put it in the fridge. I just did this in Vegas. I just put it in the fridge and then I throw it in the car and I just, I'll eat stuff I leave in the car overnight, like the next day, stuff like that. I just sniff everything. If it smells fine, you do the sniff test. I do the sniff test and then I eat it and I never get sick and I never get food poisoning and never have an issue. Do you think a lot of it though is mindset? Because for it seems like you've just convinced yourself that you never get sick and you're the healthiest person. And you said even when you feel a touch of something, you convince yourself that it's not going to go any further. So it seems like it's more mindset than something you're actually doing physically. It's a, it's a combination of both. Yes. Do you work out? Yeah. I, he swims like, a laugh. Swim a laugh. <laughs> That's bathing. Do you work out? Uh, I do. I, I do like either a rowing machine or take a long walk or like do shadow boxing. If I, if you were a boxer, can. he was yeah. an athlete before he was in construction. Well, what's that book you read that Howard Stern talks about where it's like Sarnos. all mine. Dr. Mindset. Sarnos. Do you know about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's it talking about mine. Your it's mostly mine. Mind over matter. Well, he says that well, most what people is, go ahead. What is sick anyway, if you think about the kind of jobs people do, you know, I mean, like you come into work, you sit in a cubicle, you sit in front of a computer, but you go, I'm sick. I, I can't come to work. Then you just sit at home and watch TV and text people like there's no, you know, back when you worked at a lumber mill or salt mine or something back in the day, like if you were sick, that was a tough job. To do. Like, well, it's to protect other people from getting sick. We're going to get into the same conversation we had last time. They need to expose themselves. No, not everyone. Everybody does. Not everyone. Yes. No, not everyone. Oh, yes. No. You'd be better off. Everyone <laughs> no. would be better off. No. I'm going to disagree with you. Well, not everyone. You're arguing with science then. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were pro-science. <laughs> I'm going to stop. but I Yeah, I'm going to stop. But I disagree. I, I are, firmly you, disagree. Last time I was you in here, you told me that about COVID and you were wrong about everything. Okay. Go ahead. I wasn't wrong about everything. What we have were a differing, you right about? We have a differing opinion. So that doesn't right, mean that I was wrong. What were you right about? Natural immunity, masks being effective, distancing, social distancing. Well, I do think masks are- fi- and businesses were- No, I think masks are effective for protecting someone against even a common... I'm not even talking about COVID now. And we're going to get back into the same conversation. I don't want to have the same episode over and over again. But I feel like it's to look out for other people. If you don't mind getting sick and your immune system's great and you can handle it, then that's fine. But if it's about taking care of others... Yeah, then, I, it sounds good, but it doesn't work. I mean, why? Why doesn't it? Do you, you have a cold right now? Are you sick right now? I have a little something. Actually. Do you really? Do you really? Yeah. Then I have to go. <laughs> I do. Okay. Then it's, I have to go. It's uh, go, go. does if you mask can up I, in I between say, bites, does that say, help I'm others on the plane? Okay. Okay. She has to go. I'll tell you why. You can say why. I don't care. I don't. I'm not sick. But I did blow my nose before I came in here. No, 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 no. But it, she's not mad. She's just upset. I'll okay. tell you, she, her, her son is not well. And All her right. son has zero immune system. And her son is in um, isolation in a hospital. 
Well, that's so certainly. She can, but she can't gives even context. get it. Well, that's my point is, and you didn't do anything wrong, but she's saying that depending on what the issue is, it does. A mask does protect him. Um, she can't be around somebody who's sick. Um, she had to pull her kids, the other ones, out of school because they can't get sick. He just had a, a bone marrow transplant. Well, this is all a reason for this. I, I right. agree. It has context. No, so so she didn't want to talk about the context. So this is not you. I don't want you to feel bad, no, but, that, but that's it. But to say that... What she's saying is there is context. You know, the, the the reason when a doctor is giving you surgery, when a doctor is operating, they wear a mask to say, in general life, in general health, in general, I, I agree that we need to be, and I don't practice this because I'm the germaphobe neurotic, and I think I am over the top. And I do believe in what you're saying that I probably end up sicker than most just because I haven't built it. I think I do. Because I, um, because I've uh, shielded myself too much. Yes, yes. And you know, like even when I started with Purell, before people knew there was Purell. Yes. And and, and um, I started. I it was in 1998, and I started uh, doing my hands were constantly. And I had a friend. I had a friend who is a, a surgeon who gave me those that scrub that they use, mm -hmm. and I would have that. Every day I had a bucket under my desk. I don't think that serves your immune it system. It didn't. It didn't. And let me tell you. So I ended up. Uh, I ended up opening. Um, when I opened doors, I ended up getting warts. I ended up getting viruses on my hands because I killed the bacteria that would fight yes. that virus. Yes. What I'm saying is, is when you scrub stuff off, you scrub off good stuff too. Right. That's kind of the problem with all the scrubbing. Right. And and it's sort of stuff your body does naturally because Mother Nature knows what it's doing is what I'm saying. Right. So I kind of trust Mother Nature more than I trust Lever or Dove or but, whoever the but companies there are, are that are but selling I, not stuff. to Not to bring up what we talked about last time, but there are specific situations that are outside of the norm where, and that's what we talked about. And, and I didn't disagree with you. Like even when it came to COVID, there are people who are immune compromised, who have other things who need to stay away from it. The average healthy person probably was okay. The average healthy, 99.9% .9 of the people that got it were average healthy people who survived it and did well. It was just a, yes. a bad cold, if, yeah. if anything. I am. So that's, so we're in that, but no, I, I agree. My, my point is, is we can't shut down society for that compromised person, that person, we have to figure out how to work around that person, but that doesn't mean shut the beaches. No, I agree. That, I agree. That's my, was always my argument. The other argument is masking up in between bites on an airplane is, is zero made, made no sense zero sense made no nothing. sense but with Same jackie she's dealing in a, a in a, her reality which is a really tough time right now yeah so I, she's a, i'm sympathetic to no, that. No, and, and and she's not and she said she's not mad she yeah. just when we, when we bring it up it's just a really tough time for her um what was i gonna say kenny are you rolling on the commercial again this is the lighting this one's for uh, people to go to HowieMandel.com for our new merch. I'm wearing this, uh, 
This is a new merch I'm wearing now. I'm kind of proud of it. So go to, if you want to have a shirt like this or a hoodie like uh, that, uh, or the hoodie like this, then go to HowieMandel.com and uh, purchase your merch. I'm really proud of it. And now back to the show. I feel it's dark in here, Ken. Kenny? You have, but I, I do love this about you. I love when I listen to you and watch you on stage and when I listen to your podcast, there's kind of like you have this, and I don't think that you get the credit that is due you as far as the ability to be able to rant. Mm. I love your rants. And I, I think that your rants are so well um presented whereas we know in this business it's really hard to write you know and there are mm -hmm. people that write those rants and, mm -hmm. and do this. but i i'm fascinated by you on stage being able to whether it's this mm -hmm. whether it's any what what has got you right now that you would rant about is there something that's going on in in the moment i tend to focus on things that don't make sense and then drill down on those things. And I'm also sort of an efficiency nut. I like to be efficient and things that are not efficient bother me. And so one of the things uh, we're doing on my podcast, March Madness Madness, where I just complain about stuff that makes me mad. But like one of the things that will drive me nuts is for instance, left turn arrows they turn red and the signal's green and the arrow's red and there's no cars coming the other direction why can't i turn left right and we have them all over the city i drive through them you Const do oh yeah every time you ever gotten a ticket for that never never in in well over a decade all day every day no so, cop wants to pull you over you no. don't bathe sometimes <laughs> Sometimes I will drive around two lengths of cars on a double left and go all the way around them and turn left in front of them. You'll never get a ticket for turning left on a red arrow. Why? Because cops don't wait, agree with it. No, no, they're, they don't care. They'll give you a ticket for anything. Here's how cops work. Cops don't come to you. You come to them. That's how they write tickets. Cops who write moving violations sit at the bottom of a long hill they don't sit at the beginning of an uphill because everyone goes slow and then as you go down the back side of the hill you start to coast and you just build up momentum and you go 20 miles an hour faster than you're going up the front side of the hill right and guess where the cop is he's tucked away in the corner at the bottom of the hill cops go to places where they know they can write tickets, four-way stop signs. There's a four-way stop sign by my warehouse. Everybody works for me has gotten two tickets at that four-way stop sign because they go, they're like fishermen. They go where the fish are. So isn't a red arrow a good pond? Nobody drives through them but me. Hmm. What's the difference between driving, th driving and, through and that? And by the way, if you don't want a ticket driving through a red turn arrow... Look in your rearview mirror. If you don't see a cop, you'll never get a ticket. How could you get a ticket? They don't hide out at the intersection to write chicken shit tickets to people who go through red arrows. 
and they don't even notice it. If they're coming the other direction and I've turned in front of them before, they don't think anything's wrong because they see a green light. So no, I've done it for 20 years. I do it every day. Everyone always freaks out. They're like, you're going to it. I go, there's no cops. They're not here. Look in the rear view. Don't see a cop. Do whatever you want. What if you're- I drive through red lights quite frequently. You really do. And you're you're willing to broadcast this. Yes, there's no cops. If there's no cops, then go through the red light. They're they're not there. No, until everyone starts doing it, they'll never write a ticket. I, I, but the fact I, that it's just you, you're okay. With it, they're okay with it. It's just they're not course. okay with it. They are essentially predators. They they raise money through writing tickets. If you said, where do you get to write? Where do you get to raise more funds? The four way stop sign in Burbank, or waiting for someone to go through a red turn arrow? The answer would be overwhelmingly the red turn it, the, the four-way stop sign. And well, let me ask you this. Okay. Everybody who drives from here to Vegas will go 20 miles an hour over the posted speed limit Absolutely. at some point, right? Right. You're breaking the law. You're, uh, you're, I know people who've gotten tickets on the way to Vegas. You are going to get a ticket. Right. And then I tell that same person, drive through the red arrow. And they go, I'm not going to do that. I'll get into trouble. But you just drove all the way to Vegas, 20 miles an hour over the posted speed limit it's a psychological it's a psychological so you go through red lights you don't you think that these are just for you they're just suggestions not necessarily rules yeah i won't do it at a at a heavily trafficked intersection but as long as you look and you don't see any oncoming traffic fuck the signs what's the difference between the three intersections before the one with the arrow that had no arrows i'm not surprised what did i do then no, I'm not. Surprised. I just turn left. I go into restaurant uh, when to it's the, safe to the public restrooms in the restaurants, and there's always a sign that says "Wash your hands." You don't obey that, so no, why would you obey the red light? That's right. I'm a <laughs> maverick. You really are. You are. Uh, it's it's amazing. But th- then, does your son drive yet? Not yet. He's almost almost driving. Our son and daughter, they're twins. Yeah. But but um, will you be teaching them to drive? Yeah. Do, have they been in the car when you've gone through a red light? Everybody's been in the car when I've gone through the red <laughs> light. Uh, the, the arrow, for sure. I don't know if I've done has the, red the light. Has the child not said, Dad, that was a red arrow? The, the greatest gift I will give to my kids is saying, your sucker dad wasted 25 years of his life sitting at one of these stupid red arrows, which, by the way, didn't exist when I was a young driver. Okay. How did we cope with an intersection without the arrow? I, I don't. I have no idea. But I'm just you saying. You turned that, when there were no cars coming. What about the child? Yes, I will teach him. It'll be the greatest gift ever. Go through every arrow. And uh, if you ever get a ticket, which you will not, I will pay for the ticket. You're going to tell your kid to disobey the, the road signs? Yes. You know that you, this is going to blow up in the comments. I don't think that this is, you think that's responsible parenting? <laughs> listen, listen to me. What about the respect? Let, let me explain something. Yeah. All right. The hypothetical. You're at a, a red arrow, right? Okay. The signal is green. Okay. For the, straight, for going straight. For going straight. Right. But you are not permitted to turn left. Right. Um, you were at an intersection before this intersection that had no arrow. Right. And the, and the light was green. 
Right. What did you do? I, I went right. You, you I, I turned mean, I when turned. it was safe to turn. Right. So take, if you're having emotional trouble with this, take your sun visor, flip it down. But that's, that's block that's, the arrow and then just look at the green light. No. And tell me how no. long you would sit Adam, there for. Adam, Adam, Adam. You come to an intersection in a, in a, in a regular street that has a red light, just a red light, not, mm-hmm. not an arrow. And you stop. Yes. But two blocks before you got there, you went through an intersection that had no light. Right. So based on your theory, fuck the light because I've gone through two others that had no light. In, in certain intersections, like on PCH in, in Malibu, yes. You have roads where you obey and roads where you don't. There are intersections that are safe to do it and then ones that aren't. Do you trust that your child will have the acumen to kind of make these decisions based on how you, like, how, well, do sometimes I, I obey do, the signs, sometimes I don't. Do you if trust? If I think I can get away with it. Do you trust that your child will stop the car when they pull into the garage or just plow through the wall and go into the kitchen? Is basically Yours what I'm may saying. go through. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, saying that I think there's something to be said for a child or a new driver to uh, be taught to obey the rules, to have respect for whatever the rule is. You should obey the rules that make sense. Mm. Not all the rules. There are too many rules. A lot of them don't make sense. I mean, I'll tell you where I stumbled onto this. I used to do Loveline in, in Culver City. Right. And I would leave Culver City after midnight because that's when the job ended. And Culver City was a ghost town back 20 years ago. It wasn't what it is today. It was literally, wasn't really safe to walk around Culver City in the middle of the night in the 90s, for instance. So I would be heading home and I would be going down Venice Boulevard or whatever it is, and there would be a red turn arrow. And I sat there and I could see miles ahead of me. There was no one else on the road. It'd be Sunday night at 12.07 in the evening. And I just sat there and I thought, it's more dangerous to sit here in the middle of the night in Culver City waiting to turn left while possibly drunk drivers are plowing past me or whatever than it is to make a left-hand turn when there's nobody on the road. So I started doing it then and then I just sort of applied it to every era. Okay, but I'm just talking about when we have new drivers on the road. I, I, I don't know that I would trust a 16-year-old to make... Well, what are you not trusting them to do? You know, they're not comfortable anyway just being in the vehicle. So let alone, you know... Well, you, being you, able never, to, you, you never turn in front of another car. That's that's the rule. If a car's coming the other direction, there's no but turning on those busy, arrow or not. Right, but on a busy intersection, the reason they have those arrows is that you don't have to work. That that um, it kind of operates that decision for you. When there is a green arrow, there is no supposedly if people are obeying, there is really no oncoming traffic. Right, if you yes, go on the green on arrow, green arrow. Yes. So it's safer to for my child. It's safer for my child to obey every sign. Well, yeah, it is. Yeah. So that I'd be afraid if my child saw me disobeying, even though I have the 
the um, the experience and the skill to make some of these decisions and get home safely, I, I don't know what my child would do with this information watching me do that. Yeah, but it's a very basic piece of driving. It's, you only do what you did in the intersection that didn't have an error. You talk about basic driving. I'm amazed every time I pass an accident where somebody got rear-ended. You know, it's yeah. a basic piece of driving that if the car in front of you stops, you should stop no, too. No, I, I agree. Accidents are cause for many different reasons, but it's not always the reason we think it is, is what I'm saying. But it, a lot of times it's just stupid. Right? I, I agree. People are distracted. People are horrible drives. I've never been in an accident. You've never been in an accident? No. You've never taken Tums. You've never, never, never touched another car with my car. Has not, but, and in no, Los Angeles, driving for 40 years. Wow. Never. Ever. Nobody's fucked. Nobody's hit you? Um, I have hypervigilance, so I see people that could hit me and avoid them. For the most part. That's amazing. Certain things. You're like a superhero, Adam. Really? Certain, you don't no, bathe. Not. You don't get hit by cars. You have no allergies. Oh, you people don't realize how many accidents where they go. I was just sitting there minding my business and this guy sideswiped me or whatever. Many of those are avoidable if you're kind of profiling people around you. Wow. But I don't drive in a safe manner. I just, <laughs> as you know. You're going through red lights. Yes, and I just sort of have my head on a swivel. Your insurance must be incredibly cheap. Right? I think it must be. I've it never must be. A claim. At your age, 40 years of driving, you've never had an accident. Do you get tickets? No, I don't get tickets because I know where the cops are. <laughs> They're not at the red arrows. They're at the bottom of the grapevine where the citizens are going too fast. They're on Forest Lawn Drive, where it's a long straightaway, but it's still 35 miles an hour, but soccer moms feel safe at 45. The cops, you come to the cops. The cops don't come to you. You have to understand that when you drive. Do you feel uh, uh, unique, as unique as I think you are? Like the, you're the norms, the norms of hygiene, driving, uh, <laughs> you know, the way you're, you don't adhere to, you don't seem to adhere to what the norms are. You, are well, you the norms are often stupid, right? Is that frustrating to you? Because you, you seem to, there aren't a lot of people that live and think and act like you and it's working for you. You're a successful guy yeah, who does, I mean, who's healthy, who does well, who has notoriety, money, a career. Um, I don't, I, oh, I want to write a book and I want to title it. I never knew adults would be this stupid, but there's a lot of stupid adults and they live their life. In, in, in a way, in like a superstitious kind of early man. And there's a lot of that that's out there. And I just don't adhere to it. And people want to know what's wrong with me. Um, I examine things. I sort of weigh the risk and the reward. And then I go along accordingly. And I just do that well, with we everything. Are traditionally lemmings. We, we do follow Yes, it's they, easier to follow than to lead. They made a 
a rule that said you have to stop at this intersection arbitrarily and wait for this arrow to cycle. And I decided that was a waste of my time. And then I weighed the risk. It's not like you got to get home to take a shower. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> I don't but, mind wasting my, it doesn't bother me like it bothers you. It doesn't feel efficient to me. That's, that's the way I work. But I do, okay, I'll do give you- Do you think you're I'll, incredibly productive? Is productivity your no, goal? I, no, it, it, it feels like I am arbitrarily sitting in one place idling for no good reason and i i reject that but i'll i'll give you an example of of something howie go ahead can't remember if i've ever told you this one before but um when i was in my mid-20s oh you told me that (laughs) (laughs) and there was the botch circumcision and i was sitting uh I, I was going to move to Hollywood in with my girlfriend and, and a bad part of Franklin and a crappy apartment where I was going to park on the street. Okay. And I didn't have any money. The only thing I had of worth in my possession was a Datsun pickup truck, a Nissan pickup truck. And I, I was a carpenter. So I relied pretty heavily on my truck. That's, that's all I had of value. Uh, the truck was probably worth a couple of grand, you know, 1984 standard bed, bun- bench seat, whatever. It was a little four banger, nothing, but it was all I had. Right. And the truck happened to have a nice digital Sony stereo in it. And I knew that that stereo wouldn't last 10 minutes parked out on the street in Hollywood in the 80s. Everyone broke into everyone's car and tore out everyone's stereo. Right. I didn't have money for insurance. I was uninsured and I didn't have theft protection on the car, no insurance and certainly no insurance on the stereo. So I thought, how am I gonna leave this thing parked out in the street in Hollywood um, in these days without getting my truck stolen? People used to steal trucks, mini trucks all the time in Los Angeles and, and the stereo would be stolen as well. So I thought, why do people steal stereos who steals stereos why are they like music <laughs> yeah like and to resell to, them to, to resell to them to listen make money. to the stereo and the answer no. is no to resell them and and it isn't stealing a stereo like pretty desperate like you got to bust a window at two in the morning you've got to reach in with a screwdriver and you have to tear it out from a dash right like right. it's a it's a kind of desperate act so I was Sounds like, "Sounds a lot easier than waking up at eight and going to an office and sitting for twelve true. hours." I said, "These are drug addicts, and these people are desperate, and they take your two hundred dollars Sony stereo and they sell it for forty bucks, right? And they get drugs, right? So knowing that, what can I do? Because drugs in the front seat? Yes, <laughs> I wish I knew you back then. <laughs> drugs cost money. I didn't have the money." Okay. I took my Sony stereo, I put a little piece of tape over the digital readout, and I spray painted it brown with a can of spray paint. Did it work that way? It functioned fine. It was just brown. Sort so of so it would brown. look ugly? So it didn't so they couldn't see it? I don't understand what you did. How can you sell a stereo that's been painted brown? How can you fence it? Who's going to take that stereo? What are you going to get for that stereo? 
Oh, your uh, brown stereos aren't because it's messed up a little bit. It's a stolen piece of with the wires hanging out. You, the, whoever thinking. gets the stereo doesn't listen to the stereo. They got to sell it to some yuppie who got his stereo stolen from, stolen from his BMW. I love the way you think. So you just fuck up your own stuff so nobody wants it. It didn't fuck it up. It worked fine. It just was brown. I love that. Then, with that theory, nobody. I got a way that nobody will ever take your underpants. Oh yeah, I'm. I'm way ahead of you. I know you are. <laughs> then, <laughs> then I took uh, I took a wire that was on the bottom of the car for the fuel pump in the rear. Okay. I cut it, and I spliced in a little toggle switch, and I put it underneath the front seat, and I would flip off the fuel pump whenever I pulled in to my street parking. So then I got a brown stereo and a car. They won't start. It'll start because it had a carburetor and uh, a bowl, a fuel bowl. It would start. Yeah. You could drive it about half a block and then would start bucking and then it would die. And so one day I came out and my car was gone. And so I went walking, looking for it, the direction I parked it. And I found it a block down the street. And then I moved into another apartment in the valley and it got stolen again. And I just went and walked and I found it. And one day I got pulled over and I got pulled over because when they stole the car, they pulled the ignition out of it. And I didn't have enough money to replace the ignition. And I would start it with a screwdriver. So, so it looked I started, like you were stealing. Cop saw me starting a car with a blown out uh, ignition. Shouldn't have went through the red arrow. And he pulled me over. And he said, he was pretty agitated. Like, where'd you get this truck? Whose truck is this? Why is the stereo brown? Where's ignition? I said, uh, well, let me explain what I did. And I told him, by the way, I would get the car stolen and the stereo would still be in it. When I recovered it, it was that brown. They wanted nothing to do with it. And I- Why didn't you just paint the whole truck brown? It probably was. <laughs> I said, uh, I said to the cop, here's what I did. I paid my stereo and then they stole the truck, but I got a fuel cutoff switch here and I started with a screwdriver and he just looked at me and went, oh, you're a genius. Genius. He said, I've never heard anything like this, but this is awesome. And he let me go. You've been dancing to your own rhythm for forever. What I try to do is try to figure out what motivates people like this and then figure it out. We like this as a kid. Yeah, probably. I just didn't Did you know do well what in school? was going on. Oh, no. No. No? no? You no. weren't inventive or find ways to no. maybe cheat and no. get something done? No. No, I was... Uh, I graduated North Hollywood High with a 1.7 GPA. I don't know why I'm laughing. I don't have a... I didn't graduate high school. I got... Uh, you got to back out six A's for football and baseball every year. If you back that out, that GPA would be like one, two were you or the, something. Were you, did you get, did you, did you go to college? No. No. I, I was, how would I go to college? I don't know. I didn't, maybe you were not, I know you were a boxer, but I don't know if you played any. Other. I had some scholarship offers to play football, but I, I couldn't even fill out the paperwork. <laughs> I, I never took a, I never took a, the SATs. I never took algebra. I was like, I was like, 500 and something out of a group of like 550 like in my graduating wow. class and now really you're bad. now you're an author celebrated yes you are <laughs> you've had yeah, yeah and and you write movies and you direct and you have a, a business well i was you like work. you can teach yourself along the way 
I'm not pro uh, college, so the, I'm, I'm I'm not either. You. I'm well, not either. Unless you want a skill that has to be taught there, you know, if you wanted to be a well neuroscientist, well, or something you know, like. college could sort of fold in to this general conversation, which is. I'm not interested in college. I'm not interested in my kids in college, but society beats the shit out of you. Like, where are you? Come on, you got to get a toe. They got to get prepped. They got to, have they taken the PSATs yet? Like, that's what society is. That's where's the shampoo? Where's the Purell? Where's the soap? Like, come on, you don't want to be a bad person. You don't want to be a good parent. You should be, you should be, you should be. I'm like, I know a lot of people went to college. I know a lot of people didn't go to college. I know a lot of people went to college and dropped out of college. There doesn't seem to be any straight line between college and success. All the people I know who are successful work hard and they're pretty motivated. But they also don't teach even before college life skills that we do need. Like uh, you've been very successful in buying and, and renovating and selling real estate. I think the average person doesn't know how to, you know, you hear people who are college educated asking their accountant, what can I afford? What should I buy? They don't right. understand mortgages. They don't understand what. Yeah, you know. I, I wish there was a more pragmatic approach to education in general, like high school and college. Things you can use in everyday life. Yeah, that had an application. But how did you learn? How did you learn real estate? How did where did you learn that? I, I don't know that I did learn it per se. I was poor. I was in debt. I, I owed the IRS money. I didn't have credit cards. Like life financially was a, a struggle for me for, for a very long period of time. And I did build people's houses though. I did go into their houses and remod houses and I was on job sites all the time. So I knew kind of residential, a little bit of commercial work, but I did residential stuff. So I'd been in a lot of houses. What's your skill set? Are you a carpenter? Yeah. Right. I, 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 I built cabinets. I worked at a custom closet place. I worked at a Euro cabinet place. I, I did rough stuff, earthquake rehab, like foundation. I did a fair bit of commercial, like what, what you have here? Right. Too. It's pretty it's all the same stuff. You just use metal studs instead of wood studs pretty much. And, you know, drop in T-bar ceilings and stuff as they say. But, uh, I learned everything. I did everything. And I, I did it for a long period of time. And the first house I bought was I'd, you know, I'd been in apartments, had roommates, rented houses with roommates, this led the poor life. And as I, started to sort of like inch into show business and make a little money. The second I paid off the IRS and the second I had a down payment enough in the bank, I immediately just bought a house and, and everyone said, that's nuts. You don't know. You've been in show business for 10 minutes. Who knows? Topsy turvy. And I just said, I'm going for it as fast as I can. And, um, and, and I remember somebody saying to me like, you only looked at like two houses. Like why, why so fast? You know, you should slow down. The thing about real estate is everyone tells everyone to slow it down, slow down, you know, give it some time. And then five years goes by and they didn't do anything, you know? Right. So I remember saying to the person, I've been in houses my whole life. I lived in crappy houses. I rented houses. I went nice houses and rebuilt them. I built custom houses. That's all I've done has been in houses. If I see a house, I know it and I bought it. 
And it was under the Hollywood sign in uh, uh, Hollywood land, French Normandy, 1923, 350 grand. This what year? Like, this is like 96, 97, somewhere, somewhere right. in there. I mean, the house is, I don't own it anymore, but it's, you know, 2.3 million bucks or whatever, but I just went in and rebuilt it. And you did all the work yourself. Yeah, but basically, I mean, I would have guys, you know, crew guys. But the fact that you had this skill set, you probably saved, you probably did it for a fraction of what I could get it done for. It was 1923 and coming undone when I got it and I gutted it. And yeah, yeah, I had the skill set. I have the skill set. That's amazing. But that's what I'm saying. People don't learn, but you have, it's like you've taught yourself your life path, which has worked for you. Is that hard for you though? Um, I mean, not, without getting too personal, you seem so set in your ways and doing things. You were married for a long time, mm-hmm. but I would imagine you point out just because of, uh, uh, this is a problem even for me and my wife, because as a comedian, and I don't think I was a comedian first, I'm a human being first, but I have the, um, uh, one of my, traits or quirks is to point out the inane or the silliness or whatever and then want to and I've turned that into I say everything I was ever punished for expelled for gotten in trouble for is what I get paid for today right do you find getting along with people is you got expelled for anal sex yeah well it's because we didn't have the pre-sex shower which was mandatory the the cold dunk yeah yes um but the question was what? I forget. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm saying the, I'm like getting, I drive everyone nuts because I point out shit and it doesn't well, bother Because You were married for a long time. Yes. But I'm saying like these, you have even more than me, though I point all that shit out. Um, you have a, a, a path, a very unique, original path that works for you and probably works for a lot of other people that are not what would be considered the norm the norm mm-hmm. isn't doesn't make it great but g- going through the red lights bathing less than most um i so what you're talking about i probably, think you find you find relationships tough uh i think they find them tough <laughs> <laughs> i don't find them tough no i think i I'll, i will tell you what i'm up against or what i what I deal with is something I was thinking about. And it kind of reminded me, we're talking about going on the catamaran in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Um, That trip with the same people that were on the the catamaran, um, we were eating brunch, I don't know, the next day at the resort. And I don't know why, but leaf blowers came up. And and everyone is talking about how oh, it drives them nuts. They're walking their dog and the guy's blowing the cloud out in the street or they're trying to take a nap and the neighbors, you know, the leaf blowers wailing away or whatever. Which have been outlawed in Southern California, right? Exactamundo. So mm-hmm. I said to the table of about eight or nine people, you know, it's illegal in California. It has been. It, it goes back to like 98 Right. They outlawed leaf blowers and and rightfully so. Like I'm not a big government guy, but these things put out more pollution than 10 full-size Ford trucks do in a year because they're two-stroke motors and they don't have 
catalytic converters or anything, and I won't bore you with the details, but they put out tons. And then there's the particulates. You're just spraying around rat feces and Roundup weed killer and putting weaponizing it. And then you got to walk your dog through the toxic cloud. You know, this is right. horrible. So, and so I said to the table, um, there is a law. They're outlawed, but no one enforces the law. And they looked at me and they said, it's illegal to use a leaf ball because there's 10 guys on my street going at it all day. And I said, yeah, it's it's illegal in California. And they said, well, why don't they enforce the law? It's the gas-powered ones that are illegal. Yeah. The, the electric ones are not illegal. Well, this is a few years ago. They barely had electric ones. But So then the table looked at me and they said, why don't they enforce the law? And I said, everyone who's using a leaf blower is poor and brown and L.A.'s progressive and they don't like the optics of coming down on the poor brown person with the leaf blower. And then everyone at the table looked at me and was like, well, that's some racist shit, you know? And I said, I, that's what I know. I, I read an article in the LA times about it. It's like, you're saying they don't Mexicans this or that, or they can't. And I said, look, this is what's happening. This is my answer. And the whole fucking table turned on me and they're all, I don't know, jockeying for position to see who could call me the bigger racist. And I just sat there and said, um, you can talk all you want. I can be the least person, popular person at this table and everyone can become a racist. And this happens to be true. And I'm not walking away from it. This is what it is. I'm presenting information. I'm sorry if in your feeble mind that makes me something, but I'm willing to have you think that and not compromise what it is that I know. It's the same thing. The cops won't crack down on um, unbathed people making lefts at a red arrow. That's right. It's the same. With impunity. It is. Yeah. So my general posture is, is as long as I've vetted my thoughts and I'm correct, then I will say that. You know, and, and vetting your thoughts. a popularity and, contest. But, you know, the truth is, it kind of is. I think that's what makes you popular. That's what makes you unique. I think that's why you are successful, because you do vet your original interesting thoughts. Whether people agree with it or don't, it is always, uh, I find it, uh, if nothing else, it's it's incredibly entertaining, you know. Yeah, I did. You know, I wasn't at the table in Maui. Like, I wasn't trying to be provocative or entertain. You don't have to try. Like you're, going, you're always here's what's happening. You know, because most of us will uh, believe, just believe, and just follow. And even and even if we do think something uh, that might be perceived as unpopular, most people will not expound on that or will not say it yes you that know. is true and 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 uh, i think that the value that you have uh, is the fact that you do speak your mind you do speak uh, very eloquently on even matters that other people may not agree on but i don't think that's uh that's why i i consider you a friend that's why i ask you to continue to come back that's why i always whenever you ask me I make your daughter cry every time i come here no you didn't make her you're cry. the worst dad in the world i am i am she's she'll be fine she's going through a, a really tough time right now and it has, you're not responsible for that and uh she said she's not mad i i you listen there's um i appreciate your wiring for this kind of situation and i'm wired the same way 
I, I think I, we do have a lot in common. And I do think way more than people would think, I think. Well, especially in our hygiene. <laughs> there's where we there's where we we split apart but otherwise i i do i think you're a great guy i enjoy you i laugh at you i learn from you and i can't thank you enough for coming is there anything you want to plug uh, are you doing live dates do, yeah um you can go to adamcarolla.com and i'm i'm gonna I'm, go to adamcarolla.com and you can listen to the podcast and i would love and, i love the podcast wherever you get podcasts um, yeah and, and i'll be somewhere live near somebody who's listening what a great plug and that's basically <laughs> the end of this episode thank you adam and go to howiemandel.com if you want any of the merch or you want to learn about where i'm going live and uh i'm, I'm starting to get back into stand-up good i've been i've been fired up and i want to go so come see me live come by howie mandel does stuff merch and go see adam wherever boom That was good. That was good. That was a good one.